rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Cosmic Force. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Reganti, and tonight is our first live show of 2022, and it is one of our favorite topics to discuss. It is a creator spotlight tonight, and tonight we will be talking about legendary legends comic writer John Ostrander, and to help us discuss his works, we actually have a special guest host from our very own Legends Look Back show. So that's where we're going to start our introductions. Freddie, how's it going over there, man? First of all... I am so honored to be on the first episode of Cosmic Force for the year. I feel like there should be some some of that, what is that, Price is Right camera movement with some glitter or something just all over my face. Uh, but you know what? It's I'm glad to be here. And and the content we're about to talk about is, honestly, it's it's top tier. There's nothing nothing like it. Yes, we are looking forward to it. And for those of you who, who've noticed that that's not Emma, uh, Emma is actually <laughs> uh, visiting uh, Batu right now. So uh, we hope you're having fun, Emma. We miss you, and uh, we look forward to you joining us again next week. Uh, but we also we do have the rest of our team here, and Caleb looking snazzy as ever with that uh, as that comics uh, polo, right? Absolutely, yes. Yo, I spent a lot of money on this. I wouldn't say everyone should run out and get one, but it's it's really nice. It's uh, if they drop an air one, I might have to pick it up too. I might be contractually obligated. Is is that point. the Shop Disney one? No, no, this one was came from like a different like third party site. Because I've I've had my like eye on a couple of them and I haven't pulled the trigger yet. But one of these they, days they pulled, they they charge Disney prices, but it it was <laughs> worth it. One of these days I'm going to get it, and then you and I are going to sync up and we're going to wear it on uh, on the show, and it's going to be an awesome time. Absolutely. All right, and the last member of our team, Jacob. How are you doing over there? We all set, we were all settled back in with the, the second semester of law school, right? Yeah, my first day was today. Um, I got this really cool new omnibus. It's called Con, uh, Constitutional Law. Uh, so that's pretty sick. <laughs> Any pictures? Uh, but no, uh, no, uh, no pictures. It, um, not that I've seen yet. <laughs> is that your heaviest omnibus? <laughs> uh, no, it's actually so. It's funny you mentioned that because it's like. It's like eighteen hundred pages, um, but it's like that. Uh, the paper quality is like the stuff, like a Bible uh-huh. in a hotel room. Like you can see, you can like read through pages <laughs> to the, like the page behind it. So it's actually surprisingly light. Uh, my yeah, the the Kotor omnibus is much heavier than that. But uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. <laughs> All right, well, if you are joining us live, or if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We are a Star Wars comic podcast that broadcasts live right here on YouTube.com slash Utini every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. But if you can't join us live, that's okay. We are also available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, We are also part of the Utini podcast network of nearly a dozen shows and a Discord channel at Utini.com slash Discord with more than 1,000 members and dozens of channels to choose from. Uh, if you like what you see and you want to say thanks, then head on over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash Utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini podcast network of shows, as well as exclusive merch and community involvement activities. So we've got a little bit of a news, a uh, little bit of a news segment here at the top of the show. Uh, it's been a little bit of time since uh, we were here at live uh, and some things have happened. Um, first and foremost, um, we do have a brand new Jacob. Is this brand new as of this week? Correct. It came out on Monday. It came out on Monday. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, in case you guys didn't know, there's a little show on Disney Plus called Book, Book of Boba Fett. And last week, those of you that are watching this show, I'm sure you know about it. But uh, there was a little bit of a comic Easter egg there. Uh, with so so we discussed this in the pre in, in the pre show. Are we spoiling this? <laughs> I feel like it's been a week. It, I feel like it's been long. We already put it's it on long our enough. Twitter feed too. Yes, it's been go. it's been a week. It's been a week for people that have listened to this live. It'll be like a week and a half by the time this comes out on the podcast right. feed. Okay, so we're spoiling it. So for at least chapter two, which so is chapter, chapter two, two yeah, yeah. had a very very awesome moment for us Star Wars comic fans because Black Kersantan is an actual real life Wookiee in 
uh, in the Star Wars universe, and it was awesome to see. What w- so all of you guys? What was your reaction when you saw that? I mean, I I was I literally <laughs> gasped. It was so much fun. It it was pretty awesome. But first of all, definitely not a spoiler. It's everywhere right now. It's <laughs> that's true. Literally, that's true. anytime you open an Instagram, it's like, oh, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Uh, it, so yeah, if, if you didn't know about it by this point, uh, <laughs> then, you know, good for you for, for being yeah, in the dark for that long, Sorry, but, uh, <laughs> and oops, <laughs> but I, I was shocked, man. I, I love seeing these characters in new content. There's nothing like it in my opinion, seeing, seeing original content, uh, or, or ideas, right. Or, or just things that you've grown with or seen in, in, in a comic book in real life is a different feeling and and there's nothing right. like it and someone who's deep in legends seeing seeing like a legend character come to life now or or something like that is always fascinating so seeing seeing that character was was pretty fantastic absolutely yeah it was uh, this might be a bit extraneous hyperbole but it must have been what uh, you know spider-man fans in the year 2002 must have seen when like you know, they saw the first Spider-Man movie. It's like, oh my goodness, my favorite character is now off the page and looks mm-hmm. really good in real life. Like, yeah. seeing Black Santin come out of there. Yeah, I think with all of you guys, I gasped out loud and I looked at my wife like, really? They Holy crap, they did that. And this was like yeah. so exciting. Like, after the show, I had to run up and grab my omnibus of Afro and like, look, he's here. <laughs> oh, and man. he looks just like it. He's it's like, true. 100 percent in the ancient yeah. texts jacob did i see that you purchased a darth vader 2015 volume one or were you just sharing a link uh, uh. <laughs> so that is that that was not something that you previously owned as uh, before last week it was not okay uh, i did some scra- i did some scrambling right when the uh Right when the episode came out, like that day, and managed to get it before it exploded completely in price. There you go. There you go. I wish I, w- I could have said it. For those of you who watched last week's episode, uh, where we kind of had our wish list of, of things that we wanted to see in 2022, I wish I could say I had inside information when I said I wanted to see comic book characters cross over into other mediums. That was just happened to be, uh, that just happened to be uh, random luck, and that's probably my luck for the, for all of 2022 used right then and there. So you're welcome to the rest of the Star Wars community for using all of my luck on 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 a wishing uh, comic crossover characters into uh, in, into real real life. So well, the, I guess that means you have the mojo. So we just have to remember this for next year, so you can try to use it for even there you more go. Good. There you go. So if anybody else wants something to happen for 2023. Tweet at us at Cosmic Force Show, and by, and we'll keep it keep it uh, in in our backlog. And when we do our year in review preview for twenty twenty three, I'll I'll wish it into, into existence. I said maybe okay, we hold should on. get on first the back, one. Back. First one here. I want to see. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's just say I'm tweeting you right now. I will say, hey, at is it at Cosmic Force? At Cosmic Force Show. Cosmic Force Show. At Cosmic Force Show. Got it. I want to see Jared cosplay as Salacious Crumb. Make it happen. Mm. Okay. Not not right. Darth Talon. We're going to put that in our list, and I'm going to make that. I'm going to put that into existence for uh, for next year. But I'm speaking of Twitter, I have I have to share this from you know creator of the, the of the Black Crescenting Black Crescenting character, Kieran Gillen, writer of Darth Vader 2015, posted on Twitter today that he went back to his first draft of issue one, and his working name was for Black Crescenting was Nubaka. <laughs> so I like much prefer I much prefer Black Crescent, <laughs> but New Baca, which is incredible. Like God bless him. And um, and, and but, also another point of clarification: his name is Black Crescenton, not Crescenton. I think somebody had posted uh, had someone someone tweeted at someone uh, on Twitter being like, "It's just Crescenton is his name." They're like, uh, "Excuse me, I was on the first comic book. Like I was a creator on that comic book, <laughs> which is all yeah, like." Yeah. Anyways, well, there is know, more fan, news. The, Phantom is. There is more yeah. news. Um, There's a lot it, of news. So yeah, uh, Kayla, why don't you go ahead and tackle this uh, this little, little little thing we have we 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 have called uh, High Republic Phase Two. Phase Two, <laughs> exactly. Um, the current it's it's big. They just did the uh, High Republic show on YouTube. If you're not following up with that, it they pretty much just do a lot huge content drop every. Like is it bi-monthly, bi-weekly? Essentially, I of, think it's bi-monthly of yeah. all the stuff that's going on in the High Republic. So apparently, the current phase of comics is going to end this March. So we have a couple issues to wrap up all these loose ends. 
which isn't going to happen, I don't think. There's no way they can do all that. Um, but Kevin Scott is coming back for Phase 2 uh, come October. Daniel Jose Older will also be doing a uh, graphic novel for The High Republic with the Dark Horse license, so we're already seeing what's happening with Dark Horse taking back control of the IP. Taking back a bit of the IP, a slice of the pie. Uh, Charles Soule is doing a Porter, Porter Ingle story for Marvel, and uh, no news on the manga for the uh, Edge of Bounce, but there's some really big stuff going on, and I have no idea how these authors uh, get any sleep into their schedule. Seriously. This is, uh, a, and this is just a comics and graphic novel side of things. There's a whole lot more on just like the normal <laughs> publishing side. Well, luckily for the authors getting sleep, we are bringing in for the Living Force talked about this in more depth. If you want like full Phase Two coverage uh, on Monday, but they are bringing in four new authors uh, for the initiative, including as let me see if I can do this off the top of my head: uh, Tessa Gratton, Lydia Kang, uh, George Mann, and Zoraida Cordova. There you go. Four. And uh, on the StarWars.com write-up, it did say they would be doing books and comics. Not sure who's doing what, but we'll, we'll get some new faces there. Yes, and staying on the High Republic news, we had a brand new miniseries to start uh, this week, which we will talk about once we get into the, uh, the weekly pull list. But the reason that we had this in the news section is because, Jacob, there was a recommended reading order for this book. And that's, that's the part that we want to talk about right here. Yeah, so uh, Charles Soule, who wrote Eye of the Storm, is a two-issue miniseries, I suppose. The first issue came out today. Um, he said, uh, I, re- I read the first issue. You can totally read it before Fallen Star. Um, it, like, I think, yeah, yeah you can definitely can read it before Fallen Star. I would say probably uh, have read Rising Storm, probably have listened to Tempest Runner, I think would help a lot. I see that, okay. I, I support um, that. And uh, but otherwise you'd be fine. Definitely, yeah. If if you've started Fallen Star, if you haven't started Fallen Star, it shouldn't matter. Um, and then the issue two is coming out sometime next month. Uh, and he recommends you read that as the last thing for Phase One or the uh, yeah Phase One. So uh, you got a little bit of time there. Unfortunately, there are some High Republic comics that come out after that. If you really want to save that for the end, also plus we've got yeah, all the comics should be f- Midnight Horizon. Yeah, coming all the out comics too. finished in. Yeah, so that comes out in February, like the beginning of February, so that should be out before the comic, but then you have comics going out through March, and then you have the manga in May, but that's been pretty self-contained, so, but yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, issue one, doesn't matter, Open house. issue two, at the end of the phase. So we do have we we have a comment in the in the chats. Uh, Blue Pig is asking if Monster of Temple Peak will be put in any collected editions. Um, I'm pretty scared about that. Yeah, and and I actually I am in a couple of different uh, Star Wars comics Facebook groups, and I believe I saw in there. I'll try to throw it in our Discord channel, but I believe Charles Soul even even or not one of the High Kevin Republic Scott. authors. I think it was was Kevin Scott had said. He didn't. He didn't throw complete ice on it, but he said it's. He 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 was not sure. Um, so I, it's it's not looking hopeful. So if you're looking to Blue Pig or anybody else who's out there, if you're looking to to read Monster Temple Peak, um, I we'd we'd probably recommend you get the the single issues um, because it's it's not it's not probable as of this as of this time. Uh, that that's going to come out yeah. in, a, in an actual. It's it's not solicited to be printed. And with uh, there's, I, I have a little hope. The fact that they, when they did the phase two announcement, they referred to the Dark Horse comics or the Dark Horse graphic novels as High Republic Adventures specifically. So maybe that imprint moves like fully um, in name as well. But yeah, it's it's a little it's a little dicey. But I mean, at the same time, with like if Marvel can figure out how to get all the Dark Horse old stuff onto marvel unlimited and just slap a disney sticker on it then <laughs> right. you know it's possible it's, it's certainly possible but uh, all right and our our last piece of news uh mm. freddie we have some some old friends joining us in, in their own standalone comic uh coming out in 2022 this is interesting man i uh, han solo and chewbacca they've been confirmed 12 issues is that what i'm seeing here exactly uh, at least 12 wow. if not more uh yeah so we that when they announced this, we were kind of unsure. They definitely avoided using the phrase miniseries. Um, like it was kind of clear that they did that on purpose. Mm. 
but we now know it's going to be at least 12 issues long because uh, Marvel sent out like an ad that you can pre-order it to like, you know, if you get your comics directly from them. Um, and it, the pricing was a year's worth of comic books. So I don't know if it's going to be 12 issues and only or if that's just your first year subscription like you would like a regular magazine. Yeah. Um, but we'll get at least 12, mm-hmm. that, uh, it seems. That's interesting. 12, 12 books is a pretty decent run right that's not a mini series that's you're, you're yeah. talking yeah. you're talking two trade paperbacks i mean trade paperbacks are usually five six, six seven issues. Yeah. seven issues maybe an annual throwing an annual in there so you're yeah. talking about two trade paperbacks that's a and, and a year's worth of, of publishing so that's that's awesome i love i love hearing that you're gonna get some decent arcs in there yeah, too. at, at least at least yeah. yeah all right let's go ahead and go ahead and get into our weekly pull list and uh boy do we have quite a bit this week um did you combine weeks no no holy cow i did not (laughs) so uh the world punished me because last week we had a single issue and uh has uh slapped me back with uh i guess what four issues and a couple graphic novels so Anyways, starting off at the top, we got Eye of the Storm number one by Charles Soule with pencils from Guillermo Sana. Uh, the cover is from Ryan Brown. The colorist is Jim Campbell. And the letterer is Ariana Meyer. We also have Star Wars number 20, also from Charles Soule, uh, titled Dangerous Lessons. Pencils by Marco Castillo. Uh, the, pen- the cover is from Carlo Pagalayan. The colorist is Rochelle Rosenberg. And the letterer is Clayton Cowles. We also have Bounty Hunters number 20 with Friends Like These, written by Ethan Sachs, pencils by Paolo Villanelli. The cover is Giuseppe Comancoli. The colorist is Brian Valenza, and the letter is Travis Lanham. We also have uh, High Republic Adventures number 12, written by Daniel Jose Older. The pencils and cover are from Harvey Tolabao, with colors from Rebecca Nolte, and the letter is Jake Wood. That is the end of our single issues, and now into graphic novels, we have... Bounty Hunters Volume 3. This is the final War of the Bounty Hunters uh, trade paperback that's coming out. This is collecting issues 12 through 17. Written by Ethan Sachs. Pencils by Paolo Belnelli. The cover is by uh, Mattia De Luis. Uh, and the colorist is Arf Prianto with letters from Travis Lanham. <sighs> Star, there. Star Wars Adventures, The Weapon of the Jedi. This is a two-comic issue adaptation of the junior reader from Jason Fry. Uh, the adaptation is by Alec Worley with pencils and cover by Rari Coleman. Uh, the colorist is Chris O'Halloran. Uh, the letterer is Amori Osirio. And uh, so, yeah, that is there. And then lastly, uh, this one's not exactly a comic book, uh, but it's called Tribute to Star Wars. It is a manga published by Viz Media, who has done the, la- the uh, Edge of Balance manga. And it's just a bunch of manga artist who got together to do uh yeah like a a tribute to star wars doing some star wars inspired art i have not picked it up but i've heard good things about it so a packed list for sure if you want to get any of those for yourself you can check out the links in the youtube description down below damn i think that was like the hardest uh, one we've ever had man. yeah that good was job. definitely the uh, longest so was that, like jared six just of bounty hunters yeah, J- seven. Jared just asked if Bounty Hunters is coming to an end. No, no. Uh, it's still going. That that trade paperback is the last War of the Bounty Hunters event tie-in mm-hmm. trade paperback. So the, the the series is still going. We just got issue twenty today. Which, um, by the way, issue twenty was really really good. They like it was. It was, it was I like I like all, uh, all of the books that came out today were were, were pretty good. Like I've not read High Republic Adventures, but yeah, I Storm was good. Star Wars number twenty is insanely like, good it, you it, you know it's something's weird when you know the brand new like i had the storm you know, got a lot of discussion amongst us but we talked for way longer about what happened yes. in star wars mm-hmm. issue 20 like that was crazy so uh, yeah it's great it's uh luke's part of luke's jedi journey uh before return of the jedi it is it is a standalone issue so you could have read absolute like you could pick that up having read almost no star wars comics ever ever it, like and it would still be fine because it's completely uh, um, contained. And it also has some High Republic ties for those people that are obsessive about all that kind of stuff, uh, like me. Uh, uh, yeah, it is a masterpiece. I'll, I'll say that. That it is. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the to what we're loving this week. And uh, for our of the week, we only have one submission this week, and that is coming from Jacob. Uh, and it's a very uh, timely piece. Uh, Jacob, so why don't you go ahead and describe this? 
Uh, this is from Dawn of the Jedi. It's only appropriate that if we're doing a John Ostrander discussion that we have some Jan Dursima art. This is from yeah, Dawn of the Jedi. I think it might be number one. I, 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 I can't think tell. so. Yeah, I think that's... Um, but it is a series by the two of them set 30,000 years BBY in the Legends timeline. It is the earliest thing that has ever happened in any Star Wars storytelling canon or Legends. So... I think it's it's it was it's out there, very different. Um, we've got the Jedi uh, and their giant pyramid spaceships. Uh, so it's yeah, it's it's definitely much different than what you're used to. But I mean, visually stunning. Yes, oh, absolutely. absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and get into what we're reading this week. Um, I've got uh, some special shout-outs here to so our fearless leader Corey. Um, went ahead and, and and offset some of his uh, some of his collection, and I was lucky enough to grab uh, some of them. And I this is what I've been reading this week. So we've got the hard cover of Captain Phasma, we've got the hard cover of Shattered Empire, we've got the hard cover of Kanan collection, and then the hard cover of the Han Solo miniseries. Um, so first off, thank you, Corey, for for sending all those. But uh, yeah, these are great. I love ha- adding the the hard covers. To my collection because they uh, they just they look they look awesome. Um, for, I feel like the art pops a little bit more in in, in the hard covers and the the, the the page material. Um, I've already read through Shattered Empire and Phasma, working my way through through Canon now, so uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I think all of us, I, I know Jacob and I have. Um, we've mm-hmm. we've read Fallen Star and Mission to Disaster. Jacob, did you finish Mission to, to Disaster? Yep. Yeah. So. Freddie and and Caleb have have you had a chance to read read Fallen Star yet? <laughs> I'm going through into the dark. Dude. <laughs> okay, okay. Like I, I got a ways to catch up from now, and I finally like you like you very early when you're reading that. Like Caleb, you gotta read this. Like there's some characters here you need to see. I'm like, oh, that's I right. Don't that's need right. to know anymore. But I guess <laughs> I'll catch up. Now I did get speaking of our fearless leader. I did get some stuff from Corey too. I got his uh, two, uh, the Old Republics volume one and two, which is kind of like the first major story arc. So if I don't get any more of this series, I'll be, I'll be okay with it. But this is like a really solid, um, like just solid Star Wars storytelling. So thank you, Corey, for sending this to me. I will, I will treasure it. For and, years to come, and Freddie, I think you showed us in the pre in, in, the, in the pre-show. You're you're also reading something <laughs> uh, um, very interesting, and, and and we had to share it on the show. You know, I was joking about the uh, comic book, the M <laughs> M&M comic book, but it's actually Poe Dameron. Believe it Aww. or not. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, believe it or not, guys, I'm actually keeping up with a, some some canon. Okay, not not too much. I'm still fairly in the the legends. Uh, arena of things uh that's where my expertise lies and that's that's where everything's at but uh, jared is calling you out and says you (laughs) haven't read canon since legends look back started (laughs) you know that's a fact i was i was getting heavily into canon uh then then jared had this great idea that hey we're gonna just never have time for canon and that's where i'm at so (laughs) well you guys were weren't you guys like doing like two roundtables a month for a while like at the beginning yeah we were doing about a a book a month or two books holy cow it, it was yeah, it was uh, those first few episodes. We covered quite a bit of content, that's for sure. <laughs> we as comic readers don't <laughs> only do a roundtable once a month. And we have the benefit in that, you know, at least they're making you know, new uh, canon comics, which we covered. They're not making new legends. You're going to burn out <laughs> one of these decades. One of these days. One of these days decades. I'll finally catch up. <laughs> decades. Yeah, exactly. All right. Like we said at the top of the show, tonight's uh, show is is a, is a creative spotlight, and this is our second. Uh, we decided this was our second writer spotlight, right, guys? Uh, yes. We've done a Charles Soule, and tonight we're going to do. Uh, we're, we're Kevin covering, Scott. Oh, that's sorry. That's right. We did Kevin Scott, uh, and then tonight we are doing. Jo- we're reviewing John Ostrander's uh, hi- history. Uh, he's actually been a very very active writer uh, in, of comics. Uh, he wrote for both DC. And Marvel. Uh, some of the Marvel books that he's known for are X Men, uh, Bishop, and Punisher. Uh, and then for on the DC side of the aisle, he's written uh, most notably for Suicide Squad and Catwoman. Um, and I have a note here, Freddie. You wanted me to make sure that his interpretation of the Suicide Squad is the widely accepted version that even has led into the most recent movie. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I would say that 
that his Suicide Squad is the Suicide Squad. Uh, obviously, it's it's the start of everything, but but the way it reads, the way it feels, it's perfect content at the time that it was released. There was nothing like it, and it it just you know once it was on those shelves back in the day, I, I just I I couldn't tell you how how popular it became. Uh, my cousins, everybody talks about it still, and they're like, oh, because I told them I was doing a a John uh, Ostrander episode, and they're like Suicide Squad, and I was like, yeah, yeah, and these guys aren't really comic book guys anymore, so. You know that he's he's really permeated the uh, the industry with with that series for sure. That's awesome. I mean, and he's also he he's left his legacy uh, on the Star Wars as well because uh, <laughs> he uh, he's written for it looks like if I'm doing my rough math correct almost 15 years of of Star <laughs> Wars writing uh, at, at least. He start so. His Star Wars Republic stuff came out in like 2000. I know that. Right. So, mm-hmm. and we have Dawn the Jedi to 2014. So right. almost 15 years. Yeah. 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 It's it's been a long run. I mean, if you look at the amount of comics that he's produced, right? It, it there's there's 50 issues right off the bat with Legacy. That's his Legacy. Uh, and then you've got Batman and Catwoman and Spectre and and Suicide Squad. I'm I'm sure this guy has penned over in terms of of you know text he's penned over hundreds and thousands of words on on different comic books i mean you i can't imagine at this point he's a legacy absolutely and and more more often or not with the with the star wars books he was often paired with jan Derzma for his books um so let's just let's let's run down a list here caleb why don't you run down a list here of just the the the, the series that uh, and and the run run times of those series here that we have and have because he's got he's got quite a lengthy resume here Absolutely, yeah. So he started in the year 2000 with the Star Wars series that uh, not terribly long after he started writing for it, they changed the name to just Republic, to Star Wars Republic. So that one lasted from 2000 to 2005. Then he did Legacy, Star Wars Legacy, from uh, 2006 to 11. That was his next major long-running series. Um, he also did a couple of shorter uh, like mini-series, like Agent of the Empire. There were two uh, mini-arcs there, two, so a total of 12 issues, I think. Then he did Dawn of the Jedi, which was like a three-issue mega-arc. There's like 20 ish- issues mm. there, I felt like. There's like, I think I think there's like six or seven main issues, and then like different there's like three there's three like story arcs like uh the like donna jedi like force storm prisoner Mm -hmm. of bogan and force Force war War. Mm -hmm. yes and each one was like six issues long i think five okay so three little mini arcs yeah three his three episodes as it were his trilogy (laughs) he also did a couple of uh other short subjects like you know longer single issues like 40-ish pages for boba fett Mace Windu, Shakti, Aayla Sakura, and Count Dooku. So he's, um, like, I don't think there's anyone even in let in uh, canon right now who's almost written as much Star Wars as he has. So I don't know if he ever quite will, because boy, did they use him a lot and for yeah. good yeah. reason. The I mean, Kieran Gillen is like probably the closest because he wrote all of twenty five issues of Darth Vader, and like I want to say like. Yeah, not even that much. Like maybe like twelve issues of Afra in the mm-hmm. first volume. Like he's up there, but like we don't have we don't have like the longest run is Star Wars, but that was split into four three authors. So the twenty fifteen run, Jason Aaron did like the first half. Mm-hmm. So not even forty issues. So yeah, we haven't we haven't gotten it. Legacy alone like trumps the amount of issues like any canon writer's ever done. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's that's impressive. He's done so much work. So and. And it's it's wild when you get into it because like I remember being I didn't really read a lot of these comics when I was when the age when I was coming out but boy like the fandom really was eating up a lot of these characters like Quinlan Voss was any was the cool kid's favorite Jedi like anyone who's who like got it deep into the Wikipedia loved like Quinlan Voss and Kurthak and like everything that was going on in there so. There's I a... mean, he's the coolest character in the Phantom Menace. Like, <laughs> like you know, his his two seconds of screen time. Absolutely the best. Absolutely yeah. the best. So he's done a lot of. Uh, as I said, his the length of his breath is uh, really really impressive. So let's start talking about some questions here. Um, as I kind of went into it, he had a couple of his like favorite characters that he brought in throughout his uh, early 
uh, series and a couple of his short stories. Probably the most notable one is Quinlan Voss, you know, the dark side Jedi who does a lot of undercover work. Uh, Freddie, what are some of your favorite, like, Quinlan Voss, like, moments that Ostrander helped pin there? You know, the interesting thing that I found out with Quinlan Voss was, you know, basically his, his entire... M.O., which is being that kind of ranger, right? He's, he's discovering mm-hmm. certain things. He's on his own. Uh, he he kind of crosses between the border of light and dark. Uh, he has a very in, uh, intense skill, honestly. I would love, out of all the skills that Jedi have, I would totally want his. But The, the way psychometry? That, yeah, exactly. But the way that, that John Ostrander pens this work, I, I call it penning, although that's not the proper term. His, his text reads... How do I describe this? It's it's interesting. If you were to read, like, I'll give you an example. Cat, Catwoman 72, uh, read that issue if you want to just get a taste of of his his art. And and the way he works with the images, the, his words work so well with those images that it, it almost speaks to you uh, without having to really do too much. I mean, it, it's it's a very interesting way of doing it. And he understands the character. And I feel like when I read those comics, the way he wrote for him it it made me feel what he was feeling and it made me it, it just gave me such a vibe of who this guy was going to be and the more i got to grow with it the 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 more i got to see uh, ostrander's genius at work with just working with with those images just his words working with those images that's the fascinating thing to me so bringing bringing quinlan to life is really what i saw right R- bringing his character to life and giving him even more than we already wanted. I mean, everybody wants everything from this guy. Quinlan's awesome. <laughs> yeah, one thing I definitely... Because I read Twilight, which is like the first four issues where he's introduced for uh, the Republic series. And one thing that really caught me, especially with the first issue, from a writing standpoint, was internal monologue. Because that's like not mm-hmm. something we see in modern comic books like at all. Like, like you don't see... you don't Like, you see speech bubbles... You see, like the you know little square, like uh, like stage note kind of type things. Um, you never see like thought bubbles in modern Star Wars comics, like ever. Um, which, like that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just different. Um, and that first issue, which just like the premise of it is Quinlan Voss has lost his memory. He wakes up in it like in a fire and has no idea who he is or like doesn't know he's a Jedi doesn't know what the doesn't know what a Jedi is and just like is trying to figure out what happened and you're seeing him like through his his internal monologue trying to figure out like what is going on and just trying to survive and i think like that's just such a incredibly interesting premise to start with uh, and it was i think it was yeah pretty brave to go I, you go like a third of the issue in before you see a single like a line of dialogue yeah. like and that's very common um, with his work. You you get inside of the character's yeah. head, you get a feeling of what they're thinking, how they're feeling, and the way mm-hmm. he goes about it is just exactly like you described. It's genius, and and you don't really see that in too many other authors. You know, they, everyone has their own style. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Another one that he kind of attached uh, up a lot and have kind of helped up. Uh, perpetrate uh a character he can have brought th- almost throughout his entire series is the jedi master uh let me make butcher his name one more time kuk thurk <laughs> he's a uh nigh immortal wifid jedi master who helps survive order 66 he can have has a cool conical like you know ronin style hat and like you know shows up in his legacy series 150 years you know looking none the worse for wear so is that something that you know a couple of other of his characters seem to have done that. Like, is he just like, is he just good at making badass, cool characters, or is there something else going on here? You think? Oh, that's a that's a good question, right? Uh, and I keep taking the spotlight, guys. I'm sorry, but John Ostrander is is such a legend to me, and the characters that he's created in in Legends lore are very well liked in in those groups. And for instance, Darth Talon. Darth Talon's even rumored to be one of one of George Lucas's uh, favorite characters. Why? You know, we can probably guess. <laughs> but uh, how do I say last? Her character appeal is very apparent. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, the characters also. She holds her own, right? She's an assassin, and that seems to be uh, a very well fitting uh, guise in 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 her character. And of course, Cade Skywalker. Uh, can we mention badass 
in terms of Jedi, right? Like that, I feel like he's he's the one that we all want to see in in one of these movies one of these days, right? It is is such a crazy character, and of course we've got the Zeltron, Delia Blue. Uh, he's very good at creating memorable characters, that's for sure. Now, if I if I I did not read comics when I was a kid, and a lot of these books came out uh, well before I I started reading it. And and I'm I'm a physical reader, so I don't have a lot of these. But if I remember correctly, all of those characters that you mentioned there, especially Cade, we're talking very very far end of the of, of the Legends timeline, right? We're like, like oh yes, 135 ABY. Yeah, I was just saying 130. Yeah, he is okay. Luke's like great great grandson. I think yeah, it is. that sounds right to me. Okay. Because I was gonna Skywalker. say, I've, it's, I've, I've, I've heard Luke. of these characters, but I haven't read any of them yeah. because I, I, I wasn't into comics then. But uh, I do remember they were, be, they were at the very far end of the time uh, of, of the Legends timeline. Yeah, because it goes Luke, Ben, question mark, Cole, Cade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happens between then. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I have it off the top of my head, but yeah, you're right. It's about like 120 some years or so uh, mm. after mm. Palpatine's death. It was- it was very interesting, yeah. Because I read, I read them this week, like the first seven issues. It was very interesting because I was, a, I was definitely a, Wik- a Wikipedia kid. Like mm-hmm. I, re- I read a decent amount growing up, but like, you know, there's, there's so much uh, that you can't, like, you know, with a child with no income, you can only read so much physically. So you, when you, when all, when your book and comic book supply runs dry, you turn to the Wook, and I definitely experienced. Dawn of the Jedi and this both Ostrander uh, works basically via Wikipedia because um, like I don't know I'm just like one of those per- people that's like drawn to the extremes of the timeline so mm-hmm. like the ver- he's he's done literally the beginning and the end of the Legends timeline it's kind of why I like the High Republic it's the farthest forward or farthest back we've ever gotten in canon uh, but seeing like actually getting to read Legacy now was I don't know it's just very interesting these characters I've like had ideas of in my mind for. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, I guess almost 15 years now, or 10 years or so. Um, actually, seeing them in real life now—it's kind of crazy. Exactly. Um, it's, yeah. I de- it's like I, I know I've I have the old Republic omnibus. I don't know when I'm gonna finish it, <laughs> but and it's like now. But now, uh, and it's the same length. It's 50 issues. But like now that I've started Legacy, I'm like, I just kind of want to keep going. Like I read it for this show, but it's like. Well, they, like he's kind of gripping me. Seven issues in, I was like, I want to keep reading. And you know, that's that's exactly the reception that it received when it came out. It 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 wasn't actually very good when they announced it. People were typical fans, and this is the thing: when you look back in time and you look at at, I wouldn't say typical fans. There's a certain fandom, right, that starts to hate <laughs> the, the, on things. The there's the, the, the subset <laughs> of Star Wars exactly. fans, and you just got to look at yourselves and look at you back then and say, really, guys, come on, you all know you loved it. <laughs> Uh, and that's what I tell everybody right now is, you know, you're going to love this in like five years. So shut up. (laughs) Uh, but the thing is with this series, people were so skeptical when it started off, they were like, well, we don't know about it. Uh, and and, you know, he he basically, I'm not sure how he did it on Twitter or how, how he went about it. Uh, message the bottle back in those days. It wasn't that, that long ago, but, uh, um, you know, after, after the first arc went through, I think it was like four issues i think there's like a floater in there that's a, a solo issue people yeah, were yeah, in they were in it yeah. and they were like oh this is good and then that's where you see you know i i i challenge you to find me a better duo than than jan dersima and ostrander right now well it's like it's you know yeah. I, I i do enjoy it like seven issues in but it, it to be honest it is a very strange start yeah. like the first like issue you're like i mean i read legacy the force back in the day i didn't read fate of the jedi so like there is some like time that I, i'm missing in the timeline but it's like I have no idea. Like you like hop in, it's like what is going on? Like <laughs> that's right. We, like there, there are there are knights that are imperial knights and with white lightsabers. <laughs> there's the Jedi. There are these missionaries. Yeah, there's there's the two emperor. There's two emperors. Uh, and one of them is not a, the bad guy. You've yeah. One of them yeah. You've come into such a fractured Star Wars, right? You've got the. It's like it kind of like just drops you in. Like you're like whoa. You just finished uh, the Yuuzhan Bong War, which is a whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was a hundred years ago now, though, yeah. in the timeline. Like, but it's like I know there's an issue zero, but I couldn't find it on Marvel Unlimited, so maybe that context would have helped me. But yeah, I was like, oh, all right, buckle mm-hmm. up, here we go. Like, all right. 
I'm going to I'm going to skip oh. ahead here real, real quick because now you guys now you guys have me interested. There's a there's a part in the in in the rundown here that says where should you start. So now that you guys are talking about all these sorts <laughs> of different d- different timelines and different, I feel like that it's got to be Republican. I need right? to know where where, where like, to start. Our listeners want to um, know where 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 they need to start. What I did, well, I haven't read everything. So what I read was I read his uh, short stories, his The Mace Windu, The Shakti, Aeliskara, and then Count okay. Dooku. Those are small little, like, little like larger issue sort of things, but it can't tell a narrative over them. And it's very much into Clone Wars, so you might lose a little bit of context between what was going on in the uh, in his mainline and the Republic. But those ones give you really nice snapshots of characters and kind of full arc. So it's an easy way to get yourself into that uh into his writing there okay also got for it. fans of asajj ventress i think we've talked about this before i believe the mace window issue is her first appearance in any media whatsoever before the micro series i think you're right really? yeah i think i think yeah. we've we, we've mentioned that before uh jared in the chat says uh high praise here from jared he says legacy might be the best star wars ever written uh and he also says that you're not really supposed to know what's going on it's very game of thronesy where you, they just I'm assuming that he means that the the world is is already established. You're not going to get that prequel, that that prologue. You're just going to go right fair. into it and just keep up. Uh, I, I'm, is, is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I would say it's fair. I mean, you uh, reading this even the first time, I knew what was happening before that, right? The Yuuzhan Vong and yeah. that whole mm-hmm. war, and of course, everything that they did. And the good thing that Ostrander does is he references some of those things, like oh, uh, there's mm-hmm. a reason why. Coruscant looks like this and why everything's so fractured. That's the whole point is like everything's fractured. Yeah, d- but you don't know how it he got He does there. a good job of giving that context. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He does a great job at that. And that's his skill, right? Is He, he can get you right into the story. And once you once you pass the first arc, get into the second one, you're not even going to think about a lot of what's what's going on. You're, you're, you've kind of got the shock factor of like, holy cow, this is a different Star Wars, but it's Star Wars. And All right, exactly. good. Like, that's the cool it's part. It's almost... When I was kind of reading it, I almost got flashes, and it's weird as a comparison as this is, to the High Republic. It's it's a brand new timeline that you can't get whatever you can, so there's like a whole new uh, universe, and like the writers can do what they want in this thing to set up new untold uh, conflicts. But, you know, while the High Republic is definitely a very uh, positive, very kind of nice outlook on it, like... You know, Legacy is definitely a very, like, grungy, t- like, late 2000s, angry... Uh, it is very 2000s. It is it's very... Um, I mean, if, maybe, if Freddy's saying she might not be Vong, the right term. If Freddy's saying Yuuzhan Vong... I've read the Yuuzhan Vong. I've got all my, my, le- my Legends yeah. co- I mean, no- novels behind me. So that was some of my favorite... That and, and New Jedi Order, some of my favorite uh novel yeah. so if you're saying that 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 some of these books it's, are some of these comics are right in, t- in line with that and on the timeline now you got me really excited it's it's a hundred years after that but okay. you know it, it definitely inf- it influences the see, events of the galaxy at the time yeah it you're gonna see the the remnants of what that war awesome. has done to the universe even a hundred years after that's the crazy part so you're gonna see that whole fractured everything and you're gonna be like goodness gracious like they the Yuuzhan Vong really messed up this galaxy, and you can I, still see it. I remember that. Yeah, those were some <laughs> yeah. very galaxy fandom changing moments in in yeah. in in that those uh, in 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 that novel series. So uh, that's the, the I'm excited to, to to hear about that. So yeah. So All right. to put a def- maybe a pin in this, where should you start with his uh, Star Wars works, Freddie? You're the go to expert. Where would you say? <clears throat> well. If you want to get an idea of John Ostrander and his work to appreciate him a bit, read a couple issues of Suicide Squad, maybe two issues, three issues at the max. Read 72 Catwoman just to see how he he develops characters and then just jump into Legacy and just start going full steam ahead. And and don't even look anywhere else. If you want to just jump in it, it's a new era. And at the time, it was a new era for us, too. And we were like, goodness gracious, this is crazy. And you're gonna love it, honestly. It's 50 issues too, so you're gonna be there for a while, and you're gonna you're gonna enjoy his work. And then him and Dursima together, <laughs> you honestly can't see see any better artwork and and uh, comic bookery. I'm gonna call it. Yeah, I, I'll say I'll, I'll give a plug for I think starting. I, I'm gonna take the foundational fire approach of the familiar. Uh, I'm gonna go with yeah his his work on Republic. He starts on issue 19. Uh, it's also known as the 98 run of Star Wars. Uh, if you're trying to find it on Marvel Unlimited, 
Um, I think it, yeah, it puts you in a timeline that's familiar enough where you, ha- where you have some touch points. If you're, if you're a fan that hasn't gotten into that part of legends before. And it, it's also, you know, it's great. Quinlan Voss, Ayla Sakura. I think it was really cool for me reading that because it came out in 2000. So we're just after the Phantom Menace before attack of the clones has come out. And I, I, I just think the, the idea generally of legends media that came out during the prequel era before the movies is just so fascinating to me because like it's one thing you like comparing like you know legacy of the force or whatever or the um air of the empire trilogy to the sequel movies because lucas didn't have anything in mind for what came afterwards like that was written down anywhere right like that was just like people kind of took it where they wanted to but like you know in a new hope we get like well, there were the Clone Wars before this, and Obi Wan fought with uh, a bunch of Jedi Knights, and 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 there's Anakin Skywalker with him. All like there's, there are some things to go off of, but you know what we ended up seeing in some of the works was radically different than what we got from the prequel movies. Like you know, Yoda was originally on Dagobah for like hundreds of years or something like that. So it, it's just interesting to see that timeline or that that era develop as the movies were being created. Nice. Yeah, so, you guys. Three I, people gave you three different answers. Yeah, but but start I, I mean, with Trusa Bakura. I've already read that. I've already read that. That was actually the so fun fact. That you, was you, my you read the micro machines. That I do not have the micro machines, but Trusa Bakura and X Wing Rogue Squadron were the very were the two first Star Wars novels I ever read. So nice. Trusa Bakura is a, has a very soft place in my heart as well, Freddie, uh, because that is where it got started for me. But I I mean you you all have 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 given me recommendations before uh on 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 things that i haven't read because like i said other than prior to 2015 i haven't read a lot of star wars comics but i i can't i don't think i've been this excited to go pick up something new as 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 right now as you guys are talking about this right now so i'm very excited uh about this and and part of the reason things that, that does get me excited um Caleb, you listed a couple of, of consistent themes in some of Ostrander's work. Mm. So this first one right here is something that I've always found fascinating. And I really think, getting back to the Yuzhong Vong, I, I feel like this is something, this was a theme that was that was common during the Yuzhong Vong War, too, as well. And that's the theme that the light and dark sides be, being interchangeable. So tell me a little bit more about that. It's something that, it's like, again, I'm not the scholar here, but it's something that comes up again and again in a lot of his works, you know, like you know, Jedi falling to the dark side, you know, dark side users getting redeemed. It, it, there's a kind of, this might be a minor spoiler, but in like the uh, legacy series, like towards the end of the first arc, Cade, who's a Jedi and who's trying, who's reaching out with the force to heal someone. Was a Jedi. Was a Jedi. He's reaching out with the force to try to heal someone. And apparently that is, he. it's very dangerous because that's very in tune with the dark side. And that's not something that, like, even in the games is really, like, expanded upon. Like, usually that's a light side thing, because healing people is good. But, like, it's a dark side sort of thing, because it's a selfish act mm-hmm. of trying to save those and, like, you know, protect, like, not... It's like what... It's why Anakin fell to the dark side, was trying to heal and, and protect someone that was yeah. close to him. And I found that was like, I was like, wait, whoa, that's an interesting thought. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> Jared Jared makes a great point. We always talk about it, but he's he's the chief champion. Ostrander's the chief mm-hmm. champion in the Great Jedi, and and you're right he, about the healing part. It wasn't even healing, right? Healing's something that the it Jedi do. He taking him back from the dead, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Such a dark yeah. art. He gave him the good old Force lightning. Uh, defib. Uh, defib. Yeah. Just <laughs> clear. So, and, and that's the sort of thing that he likes to talk about is like, uh, like the, you know, like Ostrander definitely has like a, a view of like the force. And that's something that I think is fascinating. I feel like it can maybe, the problem is it can definitely color a lot of fans' expectations in that, well, Ostrander said this is how the force is, so <laughs> therefore this is how the force is. So, but when, like, another author comes out with the new canon, a lot of people are not really happy with this and still like, no, Great Jedi should definitely be a thing. I think it's okay for the Force to be a little bit more black and white, but, you know, Ostrander wanted to explore that, well, what if it wasn't? And that's really cool. But I feel like a lot of people still, like, are holding on to that with Talons maybe a little bit too much, a little bit more Darth Talons with it, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, we even had... Ca- Sorry, guys, I, I just Go realized ahead. this. This is some deep a deep dive into Ostrander, but... I think where that might come from is there was a point in time in Ostrander's life where he was actually trying to become a Catholic priest. 
Yes. And and decided that it wasn't worth his time, obviously. He went to comic books instead, and, and I don't believe he even celebrates anything uh, in terms of religion. Okay. So uh, the, the research that I did, um, unofficially, yes, it, the I believe it might have even been Wikipedia, so do not trust this, uh, actually <laughs> says that he, he considers himself agnostic at this point. So, so again, yeah. if you're doing a very quick Google search on John Ashtrander, that's what's going to come up. I cannot verify that, so please don't, don't, say, don't, don't, don't at me by saying that that's not true, but that's what I found on the Internet. Yeah, 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 and 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 that's probably where we're seeing that interchangeability, right? It makes sense. Well, it's interesting that you, you bring that up because, like, I won't spoil it, but uh, I mean, it's it's something that the canon has kind of been trending towards, anyways. But we definitely got some more stuff in comics uh, recently that, like, went from the the perspective that the Jeg the, the Jedi the Jedi are not like it's Jedi. just it's a dog. Jedi. The Jedi are it's like a dogma, but it's the it's not the only way to approach the Force, and not the only way to approach being a light user of the Force. Like it's just one you know interpretation of that. You know we got that with the Soka obviously for a while, but yeah, I think you know you don't you don't have to be a Jedi. Uh, it like yeah, and I mean, Kate Skywalker is a whole another. You <laughs> know, the whole other, that, that's something else. That is a. The the definition of a, a you know troubled protagonist. He's he's got some issues. He's a typical Skywalker. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's a good way of putting that. You 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 know Luke just crushing those death sticks all the time. <laughs> So that's that's an interesting. So so we're gonna go ahead. So the next little bullet point here for themes are adult relationships. So speaking of Cade, I'm gonna go ahead and 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 say this is a perfect Eric segue here into this next theme of of of, of adult relationships in throughout throughout his work. So I'm assuming by the way that you guys are talking, Cade is like a perfect example of this. What and just just to go ahead and say this, I'm I, when I wrote adult relationships, I'm not saying like relationships in which you know people have a lot of like emotional maturity. I'm talking about <laughs> sex. Yeah, I, I was saying in the pre-show, Kate Skywalker is basically sex, drugs, and rock and roll. The Jedi. Uh, the, yeah, the, this, this feels I like, like er, the like, Dark Horse era. Just talking about mm, it feels like Dark Horse yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> oh yeah, I will say not all of it has aged very well. Having read this this week, um, some of it is very '90s, 2000s com, early 2000s comics, mm-hmm. and uh, not for the better. Um, <laughs> so you know, I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard to it's hard to talk about. I, but yeah, overall the story's great. There's just like a few pages where I'm like, can I just like rip that out and just like move on? Reminds you of Top Gun, like it's got the Top Gun vibes, right? And Baywatch. Sort of the sexy, mm-hmm. sexy I mean, rock like, and roll. He, and... he is the one who introduced us to Darth Talon, and okayed that. I don't know if uh, like I don't know how much he yeah, pushed for he that. Didn't draw it though. So well, did he push for the character design? Like did Dursma like I give mean, him like twenty things? And, like mm, I like the one with the least amount of clues, please. But this is definitely something right or wrong. This was this was the theme uh, and and style of '90s comics. Uh, I mean, we don't support mm-hmm, yeah. it. We don't. We, we're we're glad. As 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 we're a show we're that we're yeah. past it, but that is that is what it you know comics are you know were were back then. So yeah, nothing we can do about we've, that we've except c- just acknowledge it. It, it, it we come a long way it, since yes, when hundred percent and and, <laughs> and, and, and and shadows of the <laughs> empire. Yeah, yeah. It looks like we brought Zeltrons back, so I'm not sure where that's going. <laughs> Wait, weren't they in the Lando? Was that was that the species that was in the Lando Double or Nothing? Is that Am I, I misremembering that? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But for those who don't know, Zeltrons are basically aliens who love pleasure, whatever that well, comes th- in. Th- don't they also have pheromones too? So aren't they also kind of like uh, falling but less scaly? I think so. Well, they're definitely blue. That's for sure. <laughs> well, well, I thought no, they're they're pink. Pink. I was going to say well, on the walk they're pink. They're. I've seen them as blue. Maybe I'm colorblind. That's fine. I've seen him as blue and, and pink. Well, and well, the purple. main one in the legends, her name is Blue, so that's not confusing <laughs> that's, that's at all. <laughs> what is her name? Delia Blue. Okay, I, I looked it up. the uh, The species in Double or Nothing is a Petrusian, which is also a pink alien. Okay, so mm. there you go. You're close. Yeah, adult themes, definitely. There, yeah. Uh, not, 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 not for kids. Definitely not. No. I, it, yeah. Uh, another thing that was that I saw in a couple of his works was like this weird like non-violence. A lot of his characters, like in a couple of the uh, Jedi's one, the Jedi like specific ones, were 
there were a lot of like groups of his uh of the Jedi who were like specifically when the Clone Wars were starting we're not doing that. We're not yeah. guardians of soldiers. We're guardians of peace. And you can't have peace fighting a war. And that's something that I think came up a couple of other times. Like, there's missionaries in some of his work that are nonviolent. Like, is that something that you think you see a lot, Freddy? Oh, that's that's hard to say. I feel like legacy is very violent, in a sense. There's There's a lot of battle going on in different factions, so there's something there. But... In most cases, he does like to play around with characters and their thoughts and and certain sequences, right? And um, I wouldn't say he shies from it, but I don't see it as often. I guess now that you talk about it, I I don't see it in a lot of his other works. Um, it was definitely apparent to me in the in the shoot what was the um, Republic issues mm-hmm. I read because like you had Quinlan and Twilight, you had Quinlan Voss like struggling. Uh, to you know, to, he doesn't know what a Jedi does, so he's like trying to struggle with what people are telling him a Jedi is expected to do, and you know, trying to be nonviolent. And you get a really cool interaction with Mace Windu where he's like compassionate, which is like you know, kind of bizarre for how we understand Mace Windu now. <laughs> but he's like trying to be like, no, like, well, like this isn't you, this isn't a, the Jedi way. Like you gotta be like a good person. You can't like kill them. Uh, we'll retrain you. Like like just being very like understanding. And it's like that is not. That is not Clone Wars Season 7 Mace Windu, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> War changes a man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, you've got an interesting take there, Caleb. That's a good point. Like, it's not something that it's, like, he's saying that nonviolence is the answer, but a lot of his characters, specifically more than any other, like, Star Wars medium, have been, like, tout and talk about, like, man, even we're in a universe called Star Wars, and isn't that a little <laughs> weird? Like, I don't want to fight. Like, does everything have to be a war? <laughs> But it's in the title, so they're usually in the wrong. Well, uh, should we should we talk talk like at least briefly about Dawn of the Jedi? Like, I mean, I feel like that's one of his other. It's it, it was cut short, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's you know one of his other large, I, I guess at least most significant works. Oh, definitely. Do you agree, Freddie? Yeah, yeah. I, I was more into the book at that time, Dawn of the Jedi, and and it it's just like you talked about earlier. It's on the other extreme, almost entirely. Right? I don't. I don't believe we're even into the Jedi yet. It's Jedi or, or however they mm-hmm. call it. Uh, and it and it presents such an interesting uh, archaeological Star Wars in a sense, right? Like mm. how, how would it go if for some reason we were advanced yet antiquated at the same time? And that's exactly what you see. And uh, the stories there are fairly interesting as well. It, and it's like, like I'm sure, did you get into this one on, on Wikipedia as well, Jacob? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, well, let's go to the be- very beginning. It's like, yep, there you and go. And it's interesting that he hit both of them. I mean, they're both on mm-hmm. completely opposite spectrums. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it was it was cut short. There was more planned for it, but that was, you know, we there's, yeah, like Freddie said, there's a novel that came out, and we got, like, 16 issues of comics. But then, uh, yeah, that's when Disney bought Lucas. So never really know where it was going to go from there. Um, so... So as as we start to wrap up, we do, uh, we do have note here. Caleb noted that Quinlan Voss has been translated into canon. Uh, I'd like to go around to the three of you because I can't answer this question. And if there was one thing, one of one one thing from from Ostrander's work that you'd like to see get the Quinlan Voss effect and come and be pulled into canon, what exa- What would that one thing be? And I'm going to I'm going to end with Freddie. I'm going to let I'm going to I'm going he, he looks like he's already he's already ready. Uh, but I'm gonna end, let 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 him end this segment. I'm gonna start with uh, with Caleb. Yes, and what I wrote by this is like if you read the uh, Dark Disciple, like that character is very clearly they read a lot of like the Quinlan La Foss like mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, and I his was... character is very much in line with how he's portrayed through these uh, Ostrander works. I, I would Not totally exactly agree. the same character, but you know he uh, he flirts with the dark side, falls into it. He uh, has an adult relationship with a <laughs> with an attractive woman. Like you know he he hits all the check marks. Um, so if no, other than Quinlan Voss, uh, who sh- who would I like to see? Ah. It doesn't have to be a person. I'm, it doesn't have to be a person. It can it can be an era. It can be a particular arc. I, I'm 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 leaving it wide open here. Okay, then we'll do this one. Like I would I would like to see like the Jedi explore nonviolence in a more interesting way. Like I like how I said I found it very interesting. I like the whole um you know conscientious objector 
like kind of thought process and like having like people like this is a war and this is fighting this war is actually not a good thing. And I've, I would like to see uh, a little bit more of a nuanced take onto that uh, process there. I think that's what I would like to see is like a kind of a different outlook uh, from an author onto, you know, what violence means in a society. Okay. All right. I like it. All right, Jacob, you're up next. Well, I can't pull like anything from legacy because it just would not work uh, in, in the current <laughs> canon because uh, you know well first off luke skywalker didn't have a kid so that really messes things up that we know uh, of well the note what about ray ray skywalker uh, okay uh, <laughs> all right maybe you know what you, we're bringing you, that, Kate back there's back. a lot of time that is that that, that we you are know not... i honestly hadn't thought of ray skywalker in that capacity of carrying on the skywalker name in that way uh that's interesting and i'm gonna think about that more but anyways no uh so i'm gonna i can't i can't say quinlan voss i'm gonna go with uh a character i read in twilight though who i thought was hilarious uh villy uh the debronian mm. uh oh, character yeah. <laughs> i thought i thought he was funny and i looked up all apparently he's already canon because apparently he's the debronian that shows up in attack of the clones <laughs> So the he, yeah. he literally got the Quinlan Voss effect, <laughs> a, yeah, a background he, character he in the movie. For, yep, uh, he was very funny. Uh, like like the whole like premise is like um, Quinlan's on Narshada and like everyone's like has a betting pool for when he's gonna die, and Vili is in on the pool, but then like doesn't like he fails like his his time wasn't correct. So then he's like constantly making bets on Quinlan Boss's life to like keep up. He's like, "Oh, I bet on you getting off planet, so now I'm gonna help you. You can trust me." And then, "Oh, I'm gonna bet that you're gonna make it off this planet too." And it's just like, I don't know. He's he's just a funny character. Okay. All right, and I'll 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 turn it over to to Freddie to to sort of wrap up this uh, this discussion. <laughs> I would like to see Darth Talon brought back mm. in a version that the current world would accept. But also in okay. a stronger character where where she is possibly the main villain or uh, is lurking in the shadow somewhere. Uh, I, I'd like to see I'd like to see Darth Talon come back. And I feel like if Darth Talon did come back, she would make quite an impact in the community with people who already know who she is and, and love her. I mean, she's a very well receptive character. I've seen so many different types at, at celebrations. Uh, I know people like her. I can't imagine how much time it takes to do that makeup, but um, uh, I'd like to see I'd like to see the canon take on how they bring that back. I feel like Darth Talon is the Mephisto of Star Wars, and and what I mean by that mm. is the these last few Marvel movies and Marvel TV shows, like as we the internet dives through that, like. Every little, every, I think every single show in the last year. So we're talking about, except for maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, could this be a, a, a hint towards Mephisto? Oh, is this is, does this <laughs> little does this little devil sig signature mean Mephisto's coming back? And I feel like in the Star Wars community, to a to a, to a lesser extent, that that is a name that I see pop up more often than not. Of does this possibly lead to? I mean, th these articles are reaching sometimes, but. Darth Talon is a name that I continue to see pop up online as mm. can we see this as a lead into Darth Talon or can we second? Can... Yeah. Second only to Revan, of course. <laughs> yeah. Revan's oh, a completely everybody wants different. Revan, <laughs> that's a completely different topic. But, but, but in, in, yeah, Darth Talon is somebody that I really feel would get a lot of support, especially as you say, Freddie done in a modern way uh, that I really think that there's a, that there's a, a nice online contingency of people that would like to see her come back. Yep. So, agreed. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up the show tonight? Are there any final thoughts uh, that anybody would like to have on uh, John Ostrander or any of these books that I am currently looking up on Amazon right now? You know, I would like to see John Ostrander uh, pen an Archie comic. I'd like to see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can think of no better way to end this week's episode mm. of the Comic For Cosmic Force. So. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show right here on YouTube where you can hear us live every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. We also encourage you to subscribe to our audio versions on all of your podcast platforms. 
But you can also be sure to visit uteens.com for reviews, articles, and news for the entire expanded universe. And we also encourage you to join our Uteen Discord community by going to uteen.com slash discord. And you can also help support the show by going to patreon.com slash uteen and start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. A special thank you to J.G. Kars, O.K. Endar, Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander, and Earl Q. on our Jedi High Council, as well as Matt Billington, Tyler Latour, Kyle Hickman, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can tweet the show at Cosmic Force Show on Twitter or at any of the hosts individually. I'm at Ty Rags, Caleb's at Caleb Lamanick, Jacob is at Jacob Bosch, and Freddie is at Wake Up Freddie. Uh, thank you to Freddie and Caleb and Jacob for hosting with me tonight. Thank you for all of you that were in our chat tonight uh, helping to support the show, and thank you to all of you listeners wherever and whenever you are. We truly appreciate you. We will hope to see you next week, but until then, may the Force be with you. <laughs>